I'm Richard Fennebaer. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 142 for the weekend starting 26 February 2016. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, where you'll find South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, we chat about Serge Belmont's fake degree. Also this week, the latest on MTN in Nigeria, government's poultry allocation for SA Connect, and why that's probably a good thing, and appointments at Huge Group. Let's get started. Before we start the show, uh, we need to uh, do our quiz. Um, and uh, if, if anyone is new to the show, we uh, ask five questions at the start of each show to uh, test your knowledge of what's happening in the industry, current affairs, and particularly what's happening in the tech world uh, over the last week or so. So let's kick that off. We'll uh, provide you with the answers at the, uh, at the end of the podcast. I'll ask the first question, uh, Richard, if you'll pick up a second. How much did MTN hand over to the Nigerian authorities this week as a good faith payment, in its words, over its fight to have its $3.9 billion fine reduced? The second question, Serge Belamant, the CEO of NetOne UEPS Technologies, bought his honorary doctorate and claims to have been a victim of a scam. What was the name of the university in inverted commas that he got it from? The third question, Telcom is retrenching again. How many employees are likely to be retrenched in this latest round? The first question, how many times did President Jacob Zuma mention the word broadband in his State of the Nation address? Uh, the uh, clue there is not very many. <laughs> uh, and uh, the last question this week is, which partially state-owned enterprise did the Democratic Alliance s- uh, suggest government should sell its stake in to avoid having to hike taxes ahead of this week's budget speech by the Finance Minister, Pravin Gordon? Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Recha? How's it, Duncan? You went away single and you come back a married man. Yeah, I took the leap um, and now all my disposable income for technology is Gone. no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, if you're yeah. wondering why we haven't recorded a show for a while, um, uh, life has gotten in the way, I guess. <laughs> um, and uh, Rashad is now a married man. I will be a married man in six days' time. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're both, both getting hitched and um, probably both giving up on uh, any chance of buying technology in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we will be seriously curbed. <laughs> Now we'll only be able to talk about it. Indeed, indeed. We'll have to rely on freebies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, that's the reason we haven't been around for a while. And unfortunately, uh, with my getting married next week, I'm also going to be disappearing for a while. So mm. uh, it's going to be a couple more weeks, I'm afraid, until we record another show. So we're being a bit uh, a bit remiss at uh, getting these things out this year. But uh, uh, once I'm back from uh, honeymoon and all the rest of it, then uh, we'll get back into a regular schedule. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, this week was always a big one in the is always a big one in the mobile world, uh, and that's because of the big mobile world uh, congress that happens in Barcelona at this time every year. And uh, Mobile World Congress 2016 is just wrapping up as we uh, as we chat here. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I, I, watching it remotely this year, I didn't get a chance to go, mainly because I would have been killed if I went to, to Mobile World Congress a week before getting married. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, it certainly didn't look like there was a heck of a lot of news coming out of there. It was kind of sort of iterations of what we've seen before. Yeah, it certainly didn't look as exciting to me. I mean, I haven't, I wasn't on the ground, so I mean, I sure. can't say for certain. But even the stories that I've seen coming out of Mobile World Congress this year, much of the same, same, same as last year, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Just bit slightly better smartphones. Uh, the virtual reality thing seems to be making a lot of headway, but yeah. I, I'm not convinced that's the next big thing, to be honest. I agree. I agree. Um, interesting to see Mark Zuckerberg up on stage at the uh, at the Samsung launch. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Uh, Samsung Galaxy S7, have you had a chance to look at that device yet? Uh, well, from what I've seen online, mm. that's, that's kind of as close as what I've come, and uh, mm. it, it's, it's looking interesting. It's nice to see, you know, there's always something new that some manufacturer can bring to the table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it's now for everybody else to play catch up and bring those same technologies, but we will talk about a few of those things uh Sure. Shortly, yeah. That the Samsung S7 did, did look like a like an interesting device, particularly the Edge version. I think the Samsung may have finally addressed one of the biggest problems I've had with their platform historically, and that's battery life. Mm. Uh, the S6 Edge has gone from uh, I think 2600 or 2650 milliamp hour battery to a 3650. Sure. Oh, it's 3600 rather milliamp yeah, hour battery, yeah, which yeah. is a massive step up. Yeah. And it's a great looking device. Uh, I, I think that. Um, I look forward to playing with that that phone. Uh, yeah. I think it may be the it could at this early stage be the Android uh, smartphone of 2016. Uh, of course, we haven't seen um, all of the uh, you know the big menu. We haven't seen the, the um, Xperia Z6, which will come out later sure. this year from Sony, yeah. and we haven't seen the HTC One M10, which is due out next month. Yeah, uh, and they've just started teasing that. And the images that the that HTC has sent mm. out, I'm looking forward to uh, that. Certainly, one. look quite uh, quite interesting. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that's going to be one to, to, to keep an eye out. I think HTC has to pull something, uh, rabbit out of the hat this year because the, I think people were a little bit disappointed with the 1M9. Yeah, that uh, was very much the same as the 1M8. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, camera was a bit disappointing, but mm. um, HTC in the past has surprised, so I think there's a good chance that uh, they're really going to do something really great with that uh, M10, but we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, let's get on to stuff that uh, we can talk directly about because we've been covering it and looking at it more closely. And uh, the first one is just the most amazing story that came out on SENS, the JSC Stock Exchange news service this morning, about the CEO of a company called NetOne UEPS Technologies. Now, this company is probably most famous or uh, perhaps infamous uh, for its tender that it won with the South African Social Security Agency for the disbursement of social grants. There's been a heck of a lot of controversy around that deal. Um, we, you recall that ABSA, uh, ABSA's all-pay subsidiary took them to court. It eventually ended up in thinking the Constitutional Court. Hmm. Um, big, very messy uh, situation. Um, but uh, the same statement coming out this morning, quite extraordinary, stating that, in effect, the CEO, Serge Bellamont's doctorate, and he's been calling himself Dr. Bellamont for a long time, is fake. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, and was bought from a uh, university that doesn't actually exist. Um, now, very interesting sense statement, and I'm not actually sure why they put a sense statement out because I'm not sure that they're required to under the uh, under the JSE regulations. <laughs> um, no doubt there was some pressure perhaps from their independent uh, directors. Uh, but a very, very, very embarrassing situation for the company and for. Um, for uh, Mr. Bellamont, not Dr. Bellamont. <laughs> um, and um, if you go onto the uh, NetOne website, in fact, it still says there, as of uh, the time of this recording, uh, that he has this doctorate in, I think it's information technology and management. Uh, it doesn't it neglects to point out that the, the, the doctorate, which is now proved to be fake, was in fact an honorary doctorate, uh, which isn't, isn't a real degree. Mm. Um, but quite extraordinary. I mean... Um, let me just read a couple of the, the quotes here because it really is amazing. Uh, the, the board said in the statement that it had become aware of recent allegations posted on social media questioning the validity of the honorary PhD in IT and management conferred by Burke's University upon their CEO. Um, and uh, further on in the piece, it says, in the statement, it says, uh, Bellamont provided the information he was asked to submit uh, for, the, for this honorary degree, including proof of his memberships of professional societies, etc., 
Um, Bellamont recalls making a donation to what he believed was a foundation associated with Berks University. On 23rd of May 2003, the honorary degree was awarded to Bellamont. Attempts to inf- obtain information about Berks University revealed that, according to higher education degree data check website, Berks University is currently referred to as, quote, not a valid UK degree awarding body. Further, there is no current website for Berks University. <laughs> um, and it goes on to say uh, the, the board said that uh, it believes Bellamont, quote, followed the honorary degree award process in good faith. And at the time, Bellamont did not uh, f- did not doubt the integrity of the process or the validity of the degree. However, in light of the review, Bellamont and the board have come to the conclusion that it is likely that Bellamont was the unfortunate victim of a scam and that the honorary degree was not legitimate. <laughs> now, this raises sure. all sorts of interesting questions. First of all, if you're the CEO of a JSE-listed company, surely you are not stupid enough to fall for a scam like this, which have been around for decades, which have been yeah, around for decades. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean that's just 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 at the start of it, and if you are silly enough to fall for a for a scam like this, um, should you be the CEO of a JSC listed <laughs> company, um, etc. etc. I mean it, it's just it's it's just a, a utterly embarrassing situation that mm. I would imagine that I mean if this happened in the public sector, there would be immediate calls for whoever it is to be fired yeah. or to step down. Um, there's no. Uh, suggestion here whatsoever from this company that uh, that their CEO is going to step down over this mm. um, where I think that that should probably be the first order of business when, when something like this happens yeah that's that's very strange and then to actively use your title even if you know you haven't studied for for those periods of time even if it is honorary I mean you don't really go out and use, you shouldn't, use you, your you should, title you shouldn't use that honorific if you yeah. don't if it's an honorary degree um, I know people do um, but it's it's not the right thing to do. I know. I know. I remember Magasuta Butlezi used to do it all the time. He used to call himself <laughs> Doctor Butlezi, but he was a uh, he was a he, that was an honorary doctorate. It was uh, it was not through through study. Uh, so um, a very embarrassing situation. Uh, uh, I, I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. Probably nothing. Mm. Um, but certainly hugely embarrassing for both uh, Serge Bellamont and for the company. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, MTN. In the news, I mean, I think we've, certainly in every podcast we've recorded since the Nigerian fight came up, we've been discussing them. And I, yes. can't, I don't think I can remember a week in the last three months where MTN hasn't been in the news. Uh, and it's continuing. This week they announced that, um, that they are going to uh, pay, or they have paid the Nigerian authorities an amount of 3.8 billion rand or $250 million or 50 billion naira as a good face payment uh, to towards the settlement of this uh, dispute over this $3.9 billion fine that's been imposed by the Nigerian Communications Commission. I see in the Nigerian media that uh, the, the, the authorities there have come out and said they know nothing about this uh, payment. Um, uh, one wonders whether um, MTN informed its shareholders before they informed uh, the regulators or the politicians in Nigeria that they were in fact doing this. But um, interesting development. The share price has been so volatile, up and down, up and down every day. I think today it's trading up 5% after yesterday, falling 5%. It's hard to keep track of what's going on with the share price anymore. Mm. The results are out next week, Thursday, the 3rd of March. And um, and, uh, uh, it's um, going to be very interesting. I think everyone's going to be watching whether MTN maintains its dividend policy. Mm. Uh, In light of the payment this week, who knows? you know, I'm sure they're trying to ring fence Nigeria from the rest of the group as much as possible. Uh, if they if they maintain that dividend policy, the share price is probably going to jump. If they cut it 
aggressively, then the share price may fall. Uh, but certainly if you're an MTN shareholder, it's a very uh, nerve-wracking time, I think. Uh, but uh, hopefully we will have some resolution and certainly we'll have some more insight at the results presentation next Thursday where um, where the um, interim executive chairman, Butuma Atleko, is going to be delivering uh, the presentation. And from the press conference and Q&A session afterwards, we should get some more insight into exactly what the discussions have been behind the scenes, what exactly has been happening and what the li- likely outcome of this whole situation is going to be. We know that MTN took, uh, the MTN Nigeria subsidiary took um, the Nigerian Communications Commission to the Federal High Court in Lagos to challenge this fine. Uh, as part of this goodwill payment this week, they've withdrawn that legal action, um, although they've made it quite clear that they could reinstitute, reinstitute it. Uh, uh, interesting developments. One wonders whether they were correctly advised in the first place to take the NCC to court. Mm. Um, and the Nigerians certainly seem to be playing hardball on this issue. Uh, this matter could still end up going back to court. Uh, it's, it's very volatile. It's difficult to really in- interpret where it's going to go, especially from this t- distance, not being on the ground in Nigeria and, and yeah. managing to talk to the executives and the people in the regulator, etc. But it's a very unfortunate situation. Uh, but as I say, um, next Thursday, um, the results will be out at 7 a.m. on SENS. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what that share price does when markets open at 9 a.m. next Thursday. Mm. Yeah, one to look out for. Anyway, we need to take a break. We will be back uh, in just a moment. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Daddy's going to buy you a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird don't sing, daddy's going to download you a bazillion things. With that pipe from Vox Telecom. You get free data between midnight and 6 a.m. every night. That's an unshaped high-speed internet lullaby for the ears. To get yours, visit voxtelecom.co.za. Great. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, Rachot, um, I don't know if you've been following the, all the politics and nonsense going on in Parliament over the last couple of weeks. Who hasn't? Who hasn't? <laughs> uh, watching with horror, I'm sure. But uh, the um, allocations that were made, or announcements that were made over the last... Uh, a little while, including in Praveen Gordon's budget speech in Parliament this week regarding South Africa Connect and the allocations for for the South Africa Connect project, which is the government's plan to connect uh, underserviced areas in South Africa, uh, have been criticised for being quite uh, quite low. Uh, Marion Shin of the DA, in fact, has come out quite strongly and said that this is, um, uh, I forget her exact words, but something along the lines, lines of uh, outrageously small amount that's been allocated. Uh, I think the figure that um, Gordon spoke about in his budget speech was, speech was one and a half billion rand over three years, or about 500 million rand a year, uh, which is far, far, far short of the annual investments made by just, for example, one company in the in, in the space, MTN and Vodacom, for example, this year, are spending about 10 billion rand each on their networks. Uh, so one and a half billion rand to deploy infrastructure in rural areas really is a drop in the ocean. Mm. Um, and quite a bit of criticism about this uh, but I'm not sure it's a bad thing and I've wrote, wrote a column on this last week uh, I, I think that um, I think that until we've uh, eliminated the other ways of bridging the digital divide and getting connectivity into rural areas we shouldn't be turning to the national fiscus to roll out this infrastructure we're really mm. under incredible amount of strain uh, the government of the South African Revenue Service is struggling to meet its tax re- collection targets we don't really, in fact, we don't really, we do not have the money to 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 go on some extravagant broadband project uh, deployed by the government uh, along the lines of what we've seen in Australia with their national broadband 
plan or any of the other um, national broadband networks that have been rolled out by governments in, in some parts of the world. And the reason I say this is, is that we haven't we haven't given the private sector the opportunity to do this yet. Mm. First of all, government has been has failed absolutely in getting uh, ensuring that the policy environment or the policy framework is in place for the allocation of spectrum licenses in new bands to allow for the deployment of 4G LTE technology across the country. So uh, we've talked about this um, ad infinitum on the show before. We're talking about the digital dividend bands of 700 and 800 megahertz coupled with the frequency sitting around 2.6 gigahertz. Those bands are ideally suited for delivering this, these 4G networks, and government, but government has not come up with a way of of allocating the spectrum. Even ICASA is starting to agitate over this and is putting out statements and making comments about about uh, wanting to get on with this process. And uh, uh, it, it's not clear to me why the government is sitting on its hands and is taking so long with this. The latest promise we have from the telecommunications minister, Siabonga Kwele, is that there'll be a, that this issue will be dealt with in the white paper on, on, on ICT that will be published by the end of March. Uh, we've heard promises before, so um, I'm not entirely hopeful that this is going to resolve anything in the short term. Uh, but the fact is there are other models to do this uh, and you know some industry players I've spoken to in the past have suggested the German model where uh, if you want to get the rural deployment done quickly you simply allocate the digital dividend spectrum to those players on the condition that they build the networks in the rural areas before they build in the cities yeah. um, that that really focuses their minds and makes sure that make sure they deploy the infrastructure there as rapidly as possible so that they can begin the rollout in the cities which is where they really make the money yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it worked it, it apparently worked very well in the German uh, situation the, the problem is you need you need someone who can police this and I'm not sure ICASA is the right entity to do that given its historical weak performance and, and the fact that it's under-resourced and um, just just falls over its own legs uh, uh, sober um, I, I think that there needs to be some other means of, 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 of monitoring that sort of thing but there are, the point is there are other models available uh, to, to, to roll out broadband infrastructure without taking taxpayers money pouring it into a state-owned enterprise which is not incentivized to necessarily or not incentivized at all probably uh, to um, to get a, to do it in the most efficient and cost-effective way yeah. And you end up with this state-owned white elephant uh, that has to be maintained and serviced ad infinitum uh, in the rural areas. Uh, much better ways to do this. And I, I think that the fact that um, we can't afford to roll out this infrastructure is probably a good thing uh, because it's prevent, going to prevent us from getting into a, um, into an, into a messy situation. I don't say there should be no government allocation to, to roll out, and I think that... Uh, the fact that they are focusing on government facilities to start is a good thing because um, the, many of the government facilities aren't connected and arguably those facilities should be connected to provide services to citizens. So um, the, the focus is probably in the right area. But uh, the fact that we're not embarking on some massive ludicrous uh, uh, plan to try and connect up 20 million people living in rural areas I think is a good thing yeah, uh, yeah. and the fact that Godan didn't allocate 15 or 25 billion rand to this is a good thing because uh, it would have just it probably would have just helped tip us over uh, over the edge into uh, into junk status <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by the ratings agencies sure. which that's we're sure. trying to desperately trying to fight uh, as it is but that's a that's a story for another day anyway um, very interesting appointments at huge group uh, they're a, a they're a small company listed on the Alt X. I think they plan. They, made the, they said recently they're planning to move to the main board of the JSC as well. Uh, they've been through their troubles over the years. They've um, their share price really has been down in the doldrums uh, at times. I think they 
they uh, ran into some difficulties when the least cost routing market dried up because that was a big part of their um, their focus uh, in the old days. But uh, they've made some very interesting appointments to Huge Group, which has really caught my attention. Um, and I think it bears watching this company very closely now. Their share price has also had run up massively in the last year or so, two years actually. Uh, and uh, you know they, they they're making some interesting appointments, which I think could have a long term bearing on. Uh, on where they're going. Uh, the, the, the first appointment, which, which happened, I think, about a month ago now, was they appointed the, the former MTN South Africa CEO to their board um, as a non, uh, non-executive, independent non-executive director. Uh, he is no longer, no longer has the independent title attached to his name, they said in the latest sense release, which came out a couple of days ago, because he's becoming involved in, operationally in some way in the business. They haven't provided the details of exactly what that is yet. Uh, but the second appointment, which just, which probably even grabbed my attention even even more, was the appointment uh, to the chairmanship of Huge Group of a very well-known uh, person. I don't know so much in the information and communications technology sector anymore, but he certainly was in the 1990s, and that's Duarte de Silva. Uh, I know, know Duarte well from uh, uh, interviewing him many times back in the 1990s when he was a director at Merrill Lynch and the country's top-rated ICT analyst. Uh, he uh, covered um, many of the big businesses back in those days that were listed on the JSE and uh, you know, going through that, that boom period of ICT we saw in the late 1990s, he, was, uh, he wrote these extensive, very good ex- and extensive reports on uh, companies like Qdata and Persatel and Dimension Data and uh, very, very high, highly respected. Uh, he's um, he's got an interesting background. Uh, I didn't actually know this about him. He's he's got a PhD in engineering from Wits University, which he obtained at the age of 24. Uh, and uh, after that, in 1988 and 1989, he lectured in thermodynamics and propulsion systems at Wits. So, so um, and until most, rec- most recently, he was a CEO of a company called Macquarie First South, which is a joint venture established in 2006. I'm reading here between Macquarie Bank of Australia and First South Financial Services, which is a local consortium. Um, which, which did has done uh, did very well under his leadership, but a uh, very very smart guy, very interesting and and wide ranging uh, background, uh, but with strong experience in the in in business generally, but also in the ICT space from from his uh, experience when working as an analyst at, at Merrill Lynch, and he's been appointed as the new chairman of of Huge Group, um, and I don't think he's the sort of guy who would accept the chairmanship of a company if that company wasn't didn't have some big plans on the table. Mm. Um, uh, so the fact that uh, the former MTN CEO and now uh, someone of the caliber of, of, of Duarte Silva have been appointed to the board of, of Huge Group um, makes me sit up and take notice. Uh, so I think it's, it's certainly going to be worth watching, um, watching Huge Group uh, over the coming uh, months and years uh, with uh, people of this caliber joining them. Yeah, definitely. <coughs> anyway... Um, I think that's the news this week. Yeah, it is. Um, so let's, let's let's move on to our, our regular segments. Uh, our uh, winner and loser this week. Our, our winner. Uh, I don't know if you've been following this uh, situation with the FBI and Apple. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, quite. I don't know if you've got some thoughts on it, but um, I thought it'd be worth making Tim Cook our uh, our winner this week for um, daring to stand up and put his head above the parapet and uh, stand up for the privacy of iPhone users and I guess users more generally uh, online and in a very important battle mm. uh, over the future of privacy in the digital era. Yeah, this is certainly going to set the precedence going forward. I mean, based on what's happening here with between Apple and uh, the FBI, that could have strong implications uh, you know, for any other electronics manufacturer or, or at least a yeah. cell phone manufacturer. Um, but I'm, yeah, I, I'm happy that Apple is standing, standing up against the, uh, 
the authority, so to speak, you yeah. know, for them wanting to get backdoor access to to user data. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's a it's a dangerous road we're going to go down once uh, companies are forced to build in backdoors to get access to various parts of their data or databases. Um, certainly not something I think we yeah. we would want. So, so, I mean, I'm struggling to understand exactly what it is that the, uh, the FBI is wanting here. From the reports I've read, I, I seem to uh, my take on it is that they want a, a build of iOS uh, that's got keys that would allow the FBI to get um, immediate access to a to a suspect device um, without a court warrant. Mm. Um, am I right in, in ter- yeah, interpreting yeah. it that way? Uh, so, and Apple's concern is that if this build is out there, the build could be leaked to third parties, or it could get out into the wild and could then be used by hackers to uh, steal people's information. Uh, what's not 100% clear to me is how the hackers might do that. Uh, would, they, would they put up a fake website? The, the, the thing is, any, any piece of software that you build, mm. I mean, any secure piece of software that is designed to have easy access, even if you have to jump through hoops to get to it, there's a potential for, for breach. Mm. Um, you know, falling into the wrong hands, if a leak gets out and somebody is able to then... Uh, I guess reverse crypto those keys. Yeah. Um, you know, any, it's, it's essentially building a weak weak link in the chain into what should be a very um, solid piece of software. Yeah. Um, you know, if you built in a vulnerable built in a vulnerable vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you're opening yourself up for potential problem, and we've seen it with a lot of software where this was in fact the case. You know, mm. where the developers did build in something that uh, gives them easy access or specific type of access that gets exploited by. Um, hackers or crackers. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, we'll keep an we'll keep an eye on it. But uh, t- Tim Cook, uh, I think uh, um, you know, I, I, I see the CEO of Google has also um, sort of come out and sided with Apple. On this them, one. Yeah, yeah. I saw Bill Gates made some interesting remarks. I don't know if you saw those, uh, where he was more uh, conciliatory towards the FBI. Uh, which I thought was interesting because Microsoft's own legal counsel kind of put out mm, a statement mm. as well. Uh, that reflected the Apple view, um, but Bill Gates came out with a quite a, quite a different view. Although he mm-hmm. later he later seemed to suggest that he'd been misquoted. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure he was, but uh, Look, we're all for catching the bad guys. But uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you you that leaving that link in the chain uh, is, is will always cause problems. I mean, we we know what the the digital era is like today. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, if you want to pirate something, you'll be able to do it. If you want to access to something, yeah, prevent, uh, barring that there is a way for you to access it, um, it will be exploited. Yeah. <clears throat> so well, true. well done to Apple for for keeping their stance. Yeah. You know, our loser this week is it's, it's so easy to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> the no longer Doctor Serge Belmont uh, of Net One UPS Technologies. I mean, what an embarrassment. Um, so yeah, he's our loser this week, and no doubt there. Uh, and uh, what's your pick this week, Rachot? So I've had a, a horrible week in technology. A oh lot dear. of things failing on me. A lot of things breaking on me. A lot of things crashing on me. Um, I can see your broken iPhone in front of me. Yeah, I'm going to cry about that one later. Screen completely smashed. But uh, one of the biggest one of the biggest problems I faced this week was one of my external hard drives uh, didn't want to mount anymore. All the data there was quite a lot of data. It was uh, it was a backup drive between my backup drives um, that I used quite regularly. Um, and there was uh, I tried a lot of things. Did a lot of Google search to try and get access to this drive just so I can recover the data. I stumbled across a piece of software called Disk Drawl. Um, uh, and disk draw. Disk draw. A D- disk draw. Okay. I L L. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
very interesting piece of software uh, in that it, it basically allows me to to get access to or to mount the drive. Um, I won't go into all the complexity of the software. It's it's quite pro level software, which is which was what makes it such a good piece, I think. Yeah. Um, but essentially, it allows me to to recover all the data on my drive. Uh, there's it, it's got a number of features built in where you can either recover, rebuild yeah. uh, your disk. Um, or just gain access so that you can at least transfer some of those files. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it works surprisingly well. Uh, the software also comes with, uh, so you can restore, you can restore, you can protect um, data in the future as well, drives in the future from, from being corrupted yeah. or at least getting uh, data lost on it. Um, one of the things I'm bu- busy with now, and it takes takes a whole bunch of hours to do, but actually rebuilding the, the drive catalog so that I don't lose the file names and file structure. Because okay. what I've been able to do is just to, to, to copy the data off. Um, but what it does is it does like a bit level uh, recovery where it brings most of your files back or all of your okay. files that it can recover, but it, it's got jogged names. Okay. Um, so you need to kind of know what you're looking for. Um, but this is this is last resort type recovery software. Yeah. Um, and it's been working really well. Uh, one of the interesting things though is, uh, and I'm just trying to find what they call it, but there is a, uh, with a pro version, and unfortunately it's quite expensive, it's $89, but okay. trust me, it's well worth it. I've been able to recover all my photographs and, and videos from the, from the drive. Um, but it's got. Uh, let me just find it here. But it's got. It's uh, for 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 essentially for recovering um, data from a, from a legal point of view. There right. is there is some features built in that allows you to export a. And I can't remember what the f- name is. Um, but to export a type of file that uh, allows you to then, um, from a legal point of view, you know, make sure that that data stands up in court mm. and that kind of thing. It's a. Uh, very interesting piece of software. I've only been using it for about two days, um, yeah. but I've, like I said, I've been been able to get most of the data that I needed, all of the data so far yeah. that I could see that I've needed uh, recovered it, from this drive. If you need to recover something critical, then uh, eighty nine dollars is cheap. <laughs> it is. It is cheap. Yeah, yeah. And I, like I've said, this is this was last resort. I've tried so many other um, uh, pieces of software on this drive, obviously without you know trying to to corrupt further corrupt what's on there. Yeah. Um, but the software does. It does say to you that there are lost uh, damaged sectors on the drive. Yeah. So once I've successfully backed up everything, I will reformat the drive and see if, if I can uh, you know, make use of it again. Cool. Um, but yeah, well worth a download if, if you're in that position. If your, he- if your head's crash, can you still use this? Mm, Not really, no. There is, for head crashes, some of the resolutions I've seen or solutions that I've seen yeah. is you put your drive in a plastic bag, put it in the freezer. Yeah. Um, and that what that does, it kind of warps some of the the metal inside back to oh, right. back into a spot and then you can within a time period recover your drive fortunately okay. for me I didn't have a head crash yeah um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah what went wrong do you know n- not yet like I said I've only, it's only been two okay. days of, of trying to recover so I've done the the, the, the mounted recovery um, oh this is another feature that is quite cool so as you're recovering you can actually access what it has recovered so far um, so as as you tell it to recover yeah, a drive, yeah. um, you'll see there's a list of let's say all the JPEGs. You can go into the JPEGs, mount yeah. those JPEGs as a drive, and then copy them off. Oh, that's cool. So you can you can actually recover data as it uncovers it um, cool. on a on a damaged that's damaged cool. drive. That's um, cool. Probably one of my highest rated picks this yeah. year so far. Definitely. Okay, great stuff. Excellent. My pick. I unfortunately haven't had a lot of t- time to play with it, but it looks very cool at first uh, at first experimentation. And that's the uh, ability to um, speak to Google Docs. <laughs> so dicta- it's built-in dictation in Google Docs now. And it uh, just at first test worked almost perfectly. 
which which I was blown away by. It just shows you how good this technology has become. Also amazed that uh, this is now free. This technology is now free. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, before you wanted walk. to use something like this, you had to go and buy software like Dragon Dictate or something else. Um, and it, it works uh, incredibly well. Um, so I'm going to be testing it out more, and I may I may actually start to use voice control for my for for some of my writing. Yeah, I'll, I'll see how it goes. But something I wanted to test, and we haven't tested this before the podcast. So I haven't even alerted Richard about this. So I, hope it, <laughs> I hope the test works. But I noticed when I, I fired it up here a moment ago that um, you can also select Afrikaans hmm. uh, as a language for dictation. So I wonder if I if I click on this, you can say something in Afrikaans. So I don't know, maybe talk about the weather or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, let's go for it. We'll talk about the hoddy does. <clears throat> if I can remember how to speak Afrikaans, so let's, let's try this. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Come on, Sky Coffee, dictation from Google. Reg werk. Die weer is baie mooi vandag, dit reen nog nie, maar dit dink ons gaan een lekker naweke. It's quite good. It's pretty impressive. Kom ons kyk op een basis van Google Travwerk. Yeah, look, I mean, I guess I need to... Yeah, it works very well. It works very well. It's getting the words right. I guess I should have just said something more uh, legible, but... Um, is this the first Afrikaans... Um, voice recognition software? I remember many, many years ago there was a South African company that had a I think it was a plugin either to Dragon or it was something based on another piece of software that also did Afrikaans but it wasn't very good. Oh, okay. It wasn't very good. Okay. So, I mean, this this, this already this is, is good, so, yeah. so much better. Yeah, yeah. It's, try, it's still working here trying to convert our English now into... Uh, yeah, trying to convert the English into Afrikaans. <laughs> but that is, that is very impressive. That's impressive, I mean, The yeah. fact that it can uh, pick up many of those words. That's very cool. That's very, very cool. Now, I wonder if they're going to bring this to Gmail next because that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look with because you can just your, pick up your phone, new Gmail too, and then you just dictate the message sent. Yeah, it's all. I mean, all of these technologies, I guess, especially if looking at from your from your Google Android phone, uh, your yeah. Android phone point of view, it's uh, yeah, integrated or should be integrated for you to to be able to do all these mm. things. That's very impressive. Very very cool. All right, that's my pick. Voice dictation in Google Docs. Go play with it. Uh, so the, that's the show this week. We just need to do the quiz results. Uh, how much did NTN hand over to the Nigerian authorities this week as a good faith payment over its fight to have its $3.9 billion fine reduced? The answer, 50 billion naira, or $250 million, or 3.9 billion rand. That's quite a chunk of change. It is, indeed, but nowhere near the chunk of change that they uh, still expected to pay by yeah. the Nigerian authorities. Uh, the second question, Serge Bellamont, the CEO of NetOne UEPS Technologies, bought his honorary doctorate and claims to have been the victim of a scam. What was the name of the university in inverted commas that he got it from? And the answer is Burke University. The third question. Telcom is retrenching again. How many employees are likely to be retrenched in this latest round? The answer, about 300. The fourth question. How many times did President Jacob Zuma mention the word broadband in his State of the Nation address? And the answer is two. And the last question. Which partially state-owned enterprise did the Democratic Alliance suggest government should sell its stake in to avoid having to hike taxes ahead of next week's or this week's budget speech by President Gordon? The answer, 30%. Oh, oh what did I say? <laughs> sorry, the answer on the, on, on the oh, show notes is wrong. The answer to that question is Delcom. Oh, sorry, I was just reading. I was just reading. <laughs> anyway... Um, yeah, oh, that's it for this week, uh, and uh, it is that is it for the next three weeks because I'll be disappearing for a while, and uh, hopefully we'll be back. Uh, when, what is the date today? Anyway, it's the end of February. We should yeah. be back around the third week in March. Nice uh, with a um, full podcast for you, and 
hopefully not too many of the glitches uh, of, of this one, which uh, I'm going to have to edit out. <laughs> I'll bring the donuts then. Uh, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Uh, anyway, have, have a great weekend, Rechot, and uh, everyone listening to the show, and uh, we'll see you in three weeks' time. Until then, cheers. Ciao, ciao. Thank you.